Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. I think one of the beautiful things about doing this is that when God works on our heart and shows us what's in our heart, um, I think it's like the first time that we're able to look at those people in authority as people Mm. and not as a symbol of authority. This series, we're studying 1 Peter, and I am so glad you're here. Today, we are looking at 1 Peter 2, 13 through 25, and my guest today, at, well, first of all, I mentioned before that Faith Radio is part of a greater, greater network, the Northwestern Media Network. And so joining me today is the Senior Network Video Producer, Wes Halula. Well, welcome, Wes. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad. You, this is actually kind of fun. So for everybody listening, Wes and I actually went to school here at the University of Northwestern together. So this Long is fun to ago. do. Yes. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Forever ago. ago. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so this is fun to get to do a project. It's very together. cool. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I'm so looking, well, <laughs> I'm looking forward to talking about this, but I think this might be a wee bit of a difficult conversation. I agree. This is a... I. This is a very hard conversation and one that uh, I'm I'm basically going to be talking to myself most of the time here. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know about you, but, yes. you know, this is not, not a fun one. <laughs> no. Well, and I've been finding that about the book of First Peter. I mean, Peter's not holding back anything. Right. And this whole – it's only five chapters, but, man, do they pack a punch. It's, it's a sledgehammer for sure. Yeah. Right. I, I agree. Um, so let's just dive in right away. What, okay. What was standing out to you? Well, we talked a little bit um, previously, and and it sounds like you're in the same boat, but I'm just not happy. I'm not comfortable with authority at all, like by (laughs) nature. I don't like authority, um, and I I see myself reacting to authority. And honestly, my family is like that, you know, uh, just um, any sort of smell of authority, whatever it is, we just sort of reject it. And um, it's been really fun for your parents. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's their fault because yeah. that's the way they were too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now it's my fault when my kids right. act like that. So, um, I, in fact, sometimes when my son was younger and just acting like a complete crazy person, I would just look at my wife and say, I think I should call my mom and apologize. Because I was just <laughs> looking at myself, right. you know, like, oh, man, is that what I did? I think that's what I did. But uh, as far as authority goes, um, I think everybody, it, it's sort of the human condition to, mm-hmm. to fight against authority on some level. But there, even within that, there's sort of a some people love authority, you know, it like makes them feel comfortable. They feel like they know like the rules. Like a framework around them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 more of an anarchist for sure. I definitely want to just be a, a free range Wes and <laughs> just let me go do my own thing. And um, but man, I, I read First Peter, and uh, that's not how God set things up. You know, God says that there, we should submit to authority, and that everyone is submitting to authority. Um, and sometimes the authority is wrong. Mm-hmm. And we still should submit to authority, and that's such an uncomfortable, you know, concept for us, especially as free Americans, and mm-hmm. we value our freedom so much. Uh, and you know, rightly we we fight against injustice, but then we sort of have to couch that with this part of Scripture too, which says, "But you should submit to authority, even when they're not righteous." You yeah, know? and I think that's when it's hardest. 
I think my problem with authority is that I am a controller. Mm -hmm. And so I like being in control Mm -hmm. and don't like it when I am not in control, which, spoiler alert, I'm never really in control. Right. (laughs) But I I think that's the hardest time to submit is when you see leadership, when you're under leadership that is, you know, maybe ungodly or unjust or you just plain don't agree with what they're doing. Right. To, you know, like I'm just thinking of an instance where – like I could feel myself, like I had to submit, but mm-hmm. I could feel myself starting to turn red, like neck up right. of, Angie, you just have to do it. Like you just, <laughs> just shh, yep. shh, shh, and just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so tough. It's very tough. And then I feel like the earlier you learn that lesson, the better off your life will go. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about when, when, so we lived in LA for 13 years uh, and before that, we were here and in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis and we, uh, my wife and I went to a church that was sort of a, an outreach for punks and street kids. Mm-hmm. And so there very much was like the anti-authority vibe, you know, even as kids were coming off the street and becoming Christians, that still was like how they'd lived their life, you know. So that's who had made up the church. And um, uh, our church was a part of a larger ministry. It was sort of a, we put ourselves under an, a larger ministry. And there's a point to this story, I promise. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm following. And so um, we, you know, our pastor said, if you don't, like when Christians are completely siloed and isolated, we get goofy. Mm-hmm. And what he meant by goofy was like, we just start wandering off and kind of creating our own truth. Right. And no one's holding us accountable for anything. And we're not even holding ourselves accountable. And he, he would say that regularly. Like if, if you're not under anyone's authority, you get goofy. And so there was actually a thing that happened where the larger ministry said, hey, we want you guys to do this. And we really didn't want to do it. And thought about leaving that ministry, and and our pastor Mark said, you know, we're not under someone's authority if we are only under the authority as long as we like it. Ouch! Ouch! <laughs> yeah. Because that mean, he said, like, if we're only under someone's authority when we like it, that means we're not under anyone's authority. Right. And that really was like a laser for me to go, like, well, that's how I've been living my life. Mm-hmm. In, oh, I don't like it here. I'm going to leave. Yeah. I'll be under the authority of everything I agree with. Well, then you're you're not under anyone's authority. Yeah. We've been going to our church for about 20 years, Mm. almost as long as we've been married. And, um, you know, I started working for the church for a little while, and we agreed that I would work for the church for as long as I could continue to attend Mm. the church. Mm -hmm. And there came a point where that was no longer true. Right. I stopped working for the church. And... Um, yeah, just, I have a lot of thoughts going on in my head all at the same time (laughs) that people in leadership are still people. They're Mm -hmm. still human. So it's not going to be perfect. But I remember someone saying once, um, that they, they were asked the question, what happens when, when you stay, Mm -hmm. when something is hard and you stay? And he said, that's when growth happens. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay. We're going to stay. Also, Mm. it's like fantastic for our kids. And we're still there. And that's all the people that we do life with are there. Um, But it was it was really hard for me to submit to that because I wanted to do exactly what you were talking about, which was I don't agree with it. I don't like it. So I want to leave, which is kind of in my life. M.O. Right. Right. But 
to stay has brought growth. Right. But it's been painful. It's been humbling. Yeah. And yeah, it's just been hard. Yeah. And we see, we see that in our families and in our marriages when leaving is not an option. Right. You figure it out. You work through it. You And yeah. then that's, that is when the real growth and the real depth happen, you know. Yeah. So it's true in our broader family, our church family too, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Well, and that's what we see in, I mean, you know, it's a little bit of foreshadowing for into the next chapter, chapter three, that's, he's going to talk about marriage, mm. husbands and wives submitting to each other. So he's kind of setting the stage of submission here at the end of chapter two. I also thought it was interesting in um, verse 16, he starts, depending on what translation you're reading, and I happen to be reading the NLT, mm. is that it'll say you who are in chapter, in uh, verse 16, you who are slaves must accept the authority of your master's with all respect. Mm. And I mean, slaves is a kind of a trigger word. Right, right. And so I went and um, looked at the Greek and it was interesting. It's doulos and it mm. means bond servant. And in other translations, it was translated as servant right. instead of slave. And then in verse 18, and this is, he's talking about, um, or in 18, there's a different Greek word, but again, instead of slaves, it's servants. So I just want to point that out if somebody is studying this. Slaves can be a trigger word right, for a right. lot of people. And it's it's totally fair to be tripped up on that. And yeah. and, and we, we do fight against that, and that's right. And I think this is definitely one of those passages that you have to, you know, weave together all of Scripture to right. say, like, yeah, we fight against injustice. But I think that what who Peter is talking to is like you as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, you know, it made me, when, when, when I was reading through this passage, it reminded me of um, in Habakkuk where, where um, Habakkuk's asking God, like, what are you doing? What's going on? You know, the children of Israel are being attacked on all sides and there's, and, and we're unrighteous, you know? And God says like, watch, watch what I'm going to do. And then what he lays out, he's, his plan is to use Babylon, an evil empire, to punish the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to paraphrase, Habakkuk's response is, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the good news you have for mm-hmm. me? And he says, don't worry. Babylon is still um, responsible for their sins, even though they're like their sins, I'm using them to judge you and to um, sharpen you and to hone you. Mm-hmm. But they're still responsible for that injustice, you know. And it made me think that, like, as a, as a, even as a slave, honestly. But if a servant or or, or you're working for a bad boss, God's saying, like, I'm going to deal with them, but I'm worried about you too. What's right. going on in your heart, you know? And so, can you be humble in this situation? And can you um, have joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, mm-hmm. self-control, the fruits of the spirit in this horrible situation? And and God will use that to to hone you and to draw you closer to him. And he's like, but don't worry. I also am going to take care of that. I, I do care about that I care, and care about the injustice. Well, and I feel like that's where the hope lies within that situation, to know that God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. God has a plan, and we're seeing maybe a pinhole. We, like Our view of it is maybe the size of a pinhole. Right. And he's got a whole over time, you know, all of time, all of what's going on, all the hearts of all the people involved, he knows what's going on and he's working it. Like he's, he's doing something with it. When you're in the midst of that struggle, I think it's hard to remember that. Right. But I think key 
in keeping hope in the midst of of that. Absolutely. And and it and it does kind of reveal what's in your heart. Oh yeah. In a like way. traffic, like driving in traffic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or or having toddlers or Right. Yeah, exactly. Know, yeah. There's so many things in life that that those trials like actually sort of churn up the the muck in the bottom of your heart mm-hmm. and reveal what's really going on in there, you know. Yeah. And I think God is saying like I will use that <laughs> to uh, purify you and to draw you closer to me and to keep chiseling you and molding you in my image, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that just worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to um, fix other people's hearts. <laughs> right. <But laughs> you, he's he's working on working toward that. Right. Right. Yeah. That's um, interesting. Yeah. And one of the one of the Greek words talked about being devoted to another to mm. the disregard of your own interest because it talks about us being servants or slaves of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's what I think what I, you were getting at too, is that complete total surrender that we no longer worry about our, you know, our, our life, our yeah. good, right. that we're willing to give all of that up for the sake of Christ, for the cause of Christ, for the, for the kingdom mm-hmm. of God that's happening. Right. And, and, there's such a an element of trust and faith that God does look out for you, that mm-hmm. someone is looking out for you, someone more powerful than you, w- more knowledgeable than you yeah. is actually like looking out for your best interest. The bigger view. The bigger view of your heart. Yeah. 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 It's, it's uncomfortable though. It is. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about parenting in, you know, right now my boys are 17 and 14. Mm. And so we're at the point where, they need to they they need to have more freedom mm-hmm. because they're getting older and they need to be prepared for the world that we live in right and really if anything you know were to happen i would rather like the stakes are low now right right um, yeah and right, everything's fine with my boys right now but just that that love of god to give us the freedom to live our lives and to choose you know, like I, oh, I want my boys to choose to want to be with me. Mm. Yeah. And, but I love them enough to let them make that choice. Right. Right. Which I think is what God does with us. Right. And, right. And he's giving us the choice to, to submit to his authority. Right. Or to decide that we want it and we, we know what's best for us, you yeah. know. And trusting that the authority that's over us now is one that he, everything goes across his desk. He's got, whether I don't think he makes bad things happen, but I think he at least allows it to happen for a, for a purpose. Right. Or to make good out of it. What's the verse that God works all things together for good for those who love him? First John. Romans 828. Oh, Romans. Mm -hmm. It's not first John. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, which it says he he works all things together. It's, he's not manipulating all things, no. but when bad things happen to us, he's not surprised, and he he has a plan to uh, make us better people f- through that. You yeah. Know? Yep. Yeah. Even though it's not fun. No, it's not at all. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> so, it's, sometimes it seems like, well, oh, did I already I already learned this lesson? Right. Why am I learning this again? Yes. Oh, 
do you have any other – go through your files. What other lessons do you have for me here? Because this one keeps going on and on and mm-hmm. on, you know. Yeah, pride, which, you know, works really well with authority right. and me. <laughs> right. Um, not really. Uh <laughs> That just recently, in fact, I was bumping up against my pride again, and mm. I thought, Lord, I thought like I thought this we I thought we dealt with this right, but it was like no, it, it's a you know like an onion, right? <laughs> my pride is like an onion, and we just have to deal with it layer by layer, and, and then you're gonna a new cry way. every time, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It's really true, and I think that pride is really at the root of um, fighting against authority. Mm-hmm. Is really kind of a fundamental belief that, like, I actually know what's best. Right. For everyone else and for me and for the universe and really even for God. If God were to ask me, I'd have some great ideas for him. Right. And that's I mean, it. very often I'm like, Lord, here's my plan. Oh, just, 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 just sign. You don't need to change it. Right. Like, just sign off. <laughs> exactly. Sign off on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, when we say that out loud, you're like, well, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But that is kind of what's going on at the in you know at in the depths of your heart when you're for me when I'm railing yes. against authority it really is I, I actually know what's best I know the I'm actually the smartest being in the universe mm. you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I might be able to understand that <laughs> well and to have safe spaces where you can say that kind of stuff mm-hmm. out loud and here, like I was in counseling, and it wasn't necessarily that the counselor had anything profound to say. Mm. It was hearing myself say things and thinking right. that either that, oh, that's really true, or that is not true. Right. I mean, to hear, you know, what you're saying about pride, I think you're right on. Right. And, as you know, when you hear that, you're like, that, oh. well, that's just crazy. Right. But then that is what I thought. Yeah. And right? when it's that's just... all, like, locked inside and swirling and churning. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's not. It's not good. No. <laughs> and God has a a way of bringing it out. Mm-hmm. He really does. I, at least for me, I feel like He just won't let me hide that stuff. You know, I really do. I think sometimes try to hang on to that little nugget of control. Mm-hmm. And I think God is very good at going. I'm gonna. I, I know exactly the way to get that out of your hands. <laughs> yeah. You know. I, I remember what. So I'm a con- recovering controller, and about. Eight years ago, when I turned 40, we went. I went on a trip. And before we went on the trip, I was like, Lord, I just am so tired of being controlling. I really want to, <laughs> I really want to not be in control anymore. Yeah. Like use this trip to, you know, hone that. Yeah. I'm not suggesting necessarily <laughs> that people pray that because my identity was stolen just before we left on the wow. trip. And there are all these things that happen. What that a metaphor. Were, yeah. I mean, that was, Yeah. And my de- my because my last name name is Smith, I always thought, oh, my identity will be stolen because anybody can have the last name right. Smith. Right. And it was just my worst case scenario. But I remember because I found out it was my identity was stolen. Literally had to go to the airport because you know it's international, so we had we were on an international trip, so I had to get there early. And I remember standing in the line for one of the places and saying, you know. They can steal my social security number and my name and my address and mm. open credit cards, and we call that my identity, but they cannot steal my identity. Mm. Wow. I am created by God. I'm a child of God. Yeah. And even in the midst of this, he's got control of things, wow. and they can't really steal my identity. Wow. That's awesome. Which was profound. But yeah. That the, is profound. Yeah. The whole rest of the trip. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily saying that you should pray that God would help you, <laughs> right. you know, like put you in situations, but right. I guess that's what, that's what works. You know, my mom has always said, uh, uh, 
be be careful about praying for God to show you what's in your heart mm. because he will, you know, and yeah. uh, you won't like it. No. <laughs> you won't like it. Which is uh, it's which is hard for us to hear even that mm-hmm. even because well, she would say that to me and I'd think like well I mean, my heart's pretty good there's mm-hmm. not but in <laughs> fact I've learned that lesson many times over that when God shows you what's in your heart you usually are not impressed no <clears throat> yeah yeah interesting oh boy and I feel like that Peter in this whole book is is doing that mm-hmm. I mean it's like he's got a shovel and he's just digging. Digging, 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 digging up all of the things right. that we have a hard time dealing with and not and, and being really clear about how, you know, respect everyone, love yeah. your Christian brothers and sisters, fear God, respect the king, you know, respect the person in leadership yeah. no matter what. And I think especially for us today, and God is a just God. So just like what we were saying before about with the word slave, we should should and ought to fight for justice. Mm-hmm. But he's also saying here that, you know, God is pleased with you when you do what is right and patiently endure unfair treatment. Mm-hmm. And I think that especially is really hard to swallow. It's really hard. I think one of the beautiful things about doing this is that when God works on our heart and shows us what's in our heart, um, I think it's like the first time that we're able to look at those people in authority as people mm. and not as a symbol of authority. Or as idiots or as evil or as, you know, and I was thinking that um, everyone everyone is under some kind of authority, like everyone is, especially here. Like we can't, there's no one, the president of the United States is under authority Mm -hmm. of the Congress and the Supreme Court and the voters, you know, and, and even, you know, like uh, Kim Jong-un in North Korea kind of actually could be, you know, the the authority of the people under him, they could take him over. If they, mm-hmm. you know, if they got tired of it enough, they could. He is still um, kind of manipulating things and trying to stay in power, you know. So right. he, he he's still sort of responding to the authority of the people under him. So no, even at that absurd end of the spectrum – all of us are under authority. And so one of the things I was thinking about is that I've had times in my life where I was sort of the bottom of the totem pole and I've had times where I was in the middle of the totem pole and I've had times where I'm at the top of the totem pole. And there's not any point in there ever where you think like, well, good, now I finally have the authority that I needed mm-hmm. to do the thing that I wanted to do. At, like, at any stage, any CEO of any corporation – is still like oh, answering to somebody. I'm answering to the board, and then we've got the stockholders, and you know everyone's constantly under the pressure of people that are under authority. And I think, like when we kind of take that minute to, or, or lifetime to be mm-hmm. humbled, and and um, let God chisel away at our heart and mold us in His image. When we do that, we can start looking at those people and going like, oh, they're operating out of fear. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. you know. They're a bad boss, but they're trying their hardest, and maybe I could help them, you know. Right, and maybe lead could... up. Exactly, right, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, that was a long tangent there, but I, I feel like it's almost a, an important thing to to get out of that mindset of it's those people in authority that are causing we're, – we're, all, we're right. all the same. We're mm-hmm. all in the same boat together mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's an important perspective to look at people as people. Right. And, you know, what's going on with them, why – why is this thing coming out sideways? 
mm-hmm. you know, what maybe what tools do they not have in their in their toolbox? How can I how can I make their life easier? Yeah. You know, well, and how yeah. can I follow well right. to help them lead well? Right. I have a friend who is a uh, a JAG lawyer, so he's uh, in the Air Force. He's a lawyer, and um, probably the nicest person. Like he's so nice that you just kind of want to poke him with a stick just to see if you can get some kind of bad reaction out of him because mm-hmm. he's just so nice. And he had a he was working for a general that just was really kind of angry and just like really kind of mean to him and making his life miserable. And it seemed like it was intentionally making his life miserable. And uh, we were just praying about it. And he said, I think I just need to go sit in her office and just say like, you're carrying a lot. What can I do? What can I do to alleviate the the load that you're carrying? Mm. And it just absolutely flipped the script 180. You know, she just was like, oh my gosh, everyone wants something for me. Everybody's, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to suck the life out of me and I can't juggle all these things. And, and he kind of became a confidant to her and helped her and her entire attitude towards other people started changing after that conversation. Mm. So, um, and I think that was part of, you know, this first Peter working in my friend John's heart saying like, don't worry about her. I'm worried about you. Yeah. You know, what do you need to do to submit to authority? That's yeah. So good. Yeah. That's a great story to end on too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Wes. Yeah. For taking the time to do this. Thank you for having me here. This is super fun. I love what you're doing. This is thank so you. great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this conversation about 1 Peter 2, 13 through 25. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll see you next time to talk about 1 Peter 3, 1 through 12. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.